Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> we are back. The Red Ass Podcast is back. We are here. We're ready to rock and roll. It's been a bit a hot minute. We've been running around like crazy people, but we are ready to rock and roll and get right back into this stuff. And we're so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Rob White, class of 14. And I'm Roy May, class of 15. That had some real WWE vibes intros. Well, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I just listened to Rogan and uh, Hulk Hogan uh, yesterday. So that particular podcast where he's like, we got to get this thing going, brother. It's like it just you, the vibes are there today. And I'm excited, man. I can't believe that he's still going. I, I have no idea how old Hulk Hogan is, but I can't imagine that he's young. He just turned 70 and he's getting ready to marry his new wife, who's 47 with three kids. So he's he's ready to rock and roll. I gotta be honest, I, I think that kind of checks out. Yeah. Uh, like, so <clears throat> like you said, it's been a while, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to open this up, I think we're just going to talk a little bit about what's been going on since. So Rob, I'm going to let you start, man. Yeah, sure thing. Absolutely, guys. So uh, long story short for me, I've been just uh, burning and turning everywhere with music. Uh, we've been staying very busy. Um, sold out Green Hall earlier this summer uh, at our first debut headline at uh, Billy Bob's up there in Fort Worth. And that was cool. Uh, just recently played the tap and uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. And we're the old ready. tap. The old tap, man. I love the tap. One of my all time Old well, stops, yeah. man. You also don't have to drive very far to do it. So. No, that's the nice part. Uh, we don't. We haven't had to worry about that too much. Well, it's a, it's a good venue, local, so you know it's not a massive road trip, and it's still you know it's still a good show. It's a phenomenal show. I mean, we we had about four hundred and fifty or some odd in there. Uh, it was a nice full crowd. Um, great energy in the building, which is always a good deal. Um, it's then when we went up to Stillwater, same deal. Great energy from that crowd. Oklahoma State, good people up there we like them <laughs> and uh yeah and after that we're just uh yeah we're about to just get really rolling um hitting tours uh got a handful of big shows coming up and we'll highlight those as the weeks come along but yeah it's been a lot of music for me uh the other thing that's been really interesting is i've been able to exercise a little creativity lately i've been working with um, a couple of companies to help make band merchandise and posters and stuff like that, which has been very cool for me in my creative realm, but uh, also been able to start my own line of merchandise, which you can see right here, old Shred Dirt. Those are my guys. Uh, and yeah, and the whole origin of the term is, you know, you consider Red Dirt music, but it rocks a little harder. So it's shred dirt. So that's where the name idea came from. So yeah, I've been enjoying uh, being creative in that realm, but been doing that and life's been pretty good. A little chaotic up and down, you know, love and loss, but Hey, we're here and everything's good. So, and it's, it's fall. Everybody's back in town. It's been a party. Uh, it's fall by calendar only. Yeah. Certainly not with the temperature outside. Yeah, a couple day reprieve, right? Um, I and I'll be I so I have uh well, I guess I'll just get into it. So I'm uh, obviously in real estate with Bach Realty Group. I'm getting to work for and with Megan and Gabe Bach, which is um 
it really is uh i'm trying to remember last time i don't remember if i was a realtor last time when we finally got like when we kind of had to take a break i might have just been getting into it i'm not sure yeah you were getting uh, your you were getting your toes wet for sure yeah so this is definitely my forever job uh i'm I'm thrilled with it I, i love who i work with i love who i work for um so you know shameless plug bach realty group if you know, if you're looking at anything real estate in the Brazos Valley, I'm certainly here. Um, I can do just about all of it. Um, I just don't do commercial, but if, if you got commercial needs, um, I know who to send you to. But uh, yeah, so just blowing and going, man. Um, real estate, it's 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 crazy because we live in such a different market here in the Bryan College Station area. Um, sure. You know, you see a lot of the gloom and doom at a national level, but you know, we we it's a little different here in the Brazos Valley, obviously, because the seventy five thousand, you know person university i think it's like 60 68 or 69 thousand of them are actually like here on campus and you add blend and then you also add all the profs all the staff everybody and all of a sudden you know it, it really is a bubble that can sustain sustain itself a little bit differently so it's it's been interesting seeing that as i try to keep my eye on the national markets but also obviously i work here in the local market um it's a little bit bigger reach though we switch brokerages to real brokerage and they're uh they're it's a cloud-based brokerage and so i have a little bit more freedom to drive a little bit further um so um it's not just brazos valley it's kind of the greater brazos valley i'll work this side of houston um the markets that i know you know kind of where i grew up um i'll head all the way just this side of of i won't go in waco uh just because the market's a little bit different in waco but really i mean if you can kind of just carve out you know south of dfw and then kind of carve over to this side of austin san antonio and down to houston you know just to touch um because I'm, I'm also uh, working a lot with farm and ranch stuff too so um so obviously real estate sorry that kind of turned into commercial um but uh but i mean that's my job that's my profession right i'm mm-hmm. in the middle of a master bath uh, renovation which is taking a million years and uh, so that's <laughs> thrilling my daughter is now a fight in texas aggie fish at texas a&m Whoop. Um, yeah, I know, right? Class of 27. She went to her first football game this past weekend as a member of the 12th man. 27, um, dude. I don't need to hear that number. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, just I mean, things have been going great. Um, and there's like a there's a and people mostly know me as generally a cynical human being. I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist pessimist. I'm just kind of like very cynical. Um, and a lot of that has changed in and uh last couple of weeks, to be honest. And we'll get to that like this weird positivity Roy, which is a different Roy, but, um, but, you know, as is with the red ass podcast, um, you know, we're going to talk some sports. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, some life. We are never going to talk politics. Um, Ever. So, yeah. So that, that pretty much covers it. Um, and what I want to get into obviously, uh, and, and to be honest, I, I, I would care to be a little bit more premier league heavy, um, from time to time, sure. um, for the, for the three or four people that, you know, that, that listen, that, that love the premier league. But um, obviously, Aggie football is on everybody's mind. College football is on everybody's mind. Um, you had week zero uh, where um, never in my life will you hear me say it, but I was all about, I was like, go Navy uh, all day. That <laughs> Dublin game. But um, so week zero, I thought it kind of sucked um, outside of that game. And that game really wasn't entertaining either. No. And, you know, of course, Notre Dame basically getting a true, oh, true home game. Shout out to us. Uh, see if I can get the blur to stop. There you go. Right in front of your face. There it is. <laughs> so shout out to Jonna for uh, hooking me up with that cap. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, well, as but, as uh, both patrons on this podcast, uh, we neither one of us are staunch Tottenham supporters, so that makes life no. a lot easier for us. No. no. So yeah, turn turns out if you have a couple of cocktails and you get on the Arctic website, you can pretty much make any, make any cup. 
So, <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, so, so we got into week one where football really started. Um, and obviously we're not going to sit here and recap everything because by the time that, that we get this one kicked out, you will have heard every recap in the history of mankind about every game and in every manner. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously, but what I want to talk about is kind of leaning forward in the foxhole. Obviously we got Miami coming up this weekend. It's a yeah. really, really huge game. Um, it's, it's a big game for both teams. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, obviously you know, we're going to come at it from a, a little bit more of a Texas A&M standpoint um, road game chance to make a statement. And I know, uh, so last year we played Miami um, and turns out Miami and us were both about kind of doo-doo, right? Both ended yeah. up five and seven. Yeah. Not exactly the two seasons that we were both hoping for, but you know, it was a preseason matchup that a lot of people looked at with a lot of intrigue. They thought it was going to be a great game. And in all regards, the game, when it took place, it was a fun matchup. It was entertaining. We just didn't realize that that what we were watching was kind of a pillow fight. Um, so no doubt. Really what... Um, so my daughter didn't get a dorm, so she's living at home. Ah. Um, so... Uh, um, <clears throat> but you know, we didn't realize that both teams were going to be what they were last year, and that totally sucked. But... Uh, but this year, you know, it's kind of that, you know, with with a new season comes new hope, right? Everybody's hopeful. And then after week one, I thought, that, you know, both teams, I think, still have plenty of reason to to be optimistic about this coming season. Um, so, you know, you look back and we both, we played, you know, you can call them cupcakes wherever you want to. You know, they played Miami, Ohio. Um, you know, we played New Mexico. I wouldn't in a million years actually spend my precious time researching Miami of Ohio and New Mexico in an attempt to compare them as opponents. No. Um, but I can tell you what we saw. What we saw um, from a Miami side was a very balanced attack. Um, you know, they, they, they did pound it on the ground quite a bit. They got 250 yards. Uh, was it 250? Yeah. 250 yards rushing. Yeah. So they pounded it quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> Miami of Ohio when you're averaging four yards a play, that's not terrible. Cause when you average four yards a play, you never punt. Exactly. So it's questionable um, where, uh, you know, where maybe the Miami defense is. I believe I, I heard earlier today there's, you know, they're untested on the outside. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, that's that's a concern, you know, if if uh, if you're Miami, because obviously if your secondary is untested um, or un unproven, maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, and then you, you know, in the same breath, look at what we did, because yeah. I think. I think everybody, um, including every Aggie, was like, I can't wait Evan Stewart to go for 270 and four touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, maybe it was Noah Thomas. Yeah, so. Yeah. Wait, going, for, going for the hat trick. I mean. I mean yeah. Yeah. I mean, where, <laughs> where do you shut it down? Because you're like, all right, we're going to focus on showing on Evan Stewart. And I thought the New Mexico coach, I'm fairly certain he said it, you know, it's like, we really want to make sure we shut him down. Well, the problem is now you have Noah Thomas. Now you have Moose. Now you have Anias. So there's there's just so much. Um, it's kind of one of those pick your poison, I think is, is maybe going to be, and it's, yeah. And again, we have a one game data point, right? We have, we have one game to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, but unlike past years, the opponent that we were supposed to smash, we smashed as opposed to like 31 to nothing with Sam. And it was a frustrating 31. And so I, I think there's a ton of reason for optimism in this game. You know, Miami, they don't bring fans. Yeah, I think they were. I think I saw on Twitter they were bragging about having forty thousand fans at their game. I'm like, we had forty thousand students. 
Yeah, I think that's one thing you have to keep in mind with Miami, um, especially with the environment that we're going into. I'm already feeling the vibe of the inside of the stadium is going to be extremely reminiscent of when we played Colorado at mile high. It's going to be about 50-50. I think there's going to be a ton of AM alumni there, as well as people who are just traveling, people who actually live in Florida that are Aggies. So if we're talking home field advantage from you know a true standpoint of the visual of the game, that's not going to really be there for Miami. Um, I think the other issue uh, that Miami has is same with us. You know, we're talking about the first two games. Yeah, maybe a little untested. Um, and maybe we didn't completely show our hand. Maybe they didn't either. And well, so, yeah. It will, and, and, you know, when you're putting up 250 on the ground, you don't have to show your hand at all. You just hand the ball off and, and push. Always. You know? yeah. and, and I don't know if Miami, Ohio is going to be any good this year, but generally speaking, they're not. So one can deduce from that. You know, they didn't have to show their hand, but quite frankly, neither did we. You no. know, we looked we looked explosive. We put up a lot of points on the board, but we didn't do anything real special. And I think that's a, that's where a ton of optimism should come from, is that we didn't really open up the playbook, and we put 52 points on the board. Well, well, to, to quote our good friend Jimbo Fisher, uh, we executed. You know, uh, <laughs> there was a well, lot. Like, <laughs> I tell you what, people won't be as sick of that, uh, of that buzzword this year when we execute. Exactly. And I mean, you saw there was an even distribution of a lot of different players receiving balls, uh, phenomenal passing. I mean, 18 for 23, five touchdown passes, no interceptions, no turnovers, which has yeah. always been the crutch, right? That's uh, that's it's just it's so huge. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. When you're not making stupid mistakes, life gets better. Now, that being said, Within our game, you know, for those that watched, there were a couple of things here and there. You know, we had the one touchdown drive plus a couple of silly penalties that did set up for a field goal. Um, and a lot of people were also kind of iffy that maybe those penalties were a little soft. Regardless, they still got called. But you well, take yeah, those... soft, soft or not, they got enforced. Yeah. You know? So at this point, we we really did our job, and especially offensively. There's no question about that. So taking those factors into the Miami game, there's a lot of confidence, at least in my opinion, that AM fans should have going into this game. Now, we shouldn't be going in there like, oh, we're going to smash them. But, you know, you're going on the road. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be hot. And you're, and ta- you're, you're talking to me. I, I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> man, get the maroon Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I got a full cup right here. No, it's just nice. co- just coffee. Um, but uh, it, so it, it's going to be interesting. You know, we put up generally about the same amount of uh, same amount of offense. Yeah, um, theirs was just split a little bit more evenly. Um, we were at four forty. They were at four ninety. And, and honestly, fifty yards of offense is is that one. Honestly, that one pass play. Maybe mm-hmm. you know they got called back. Um, but I wasn't upset about. It. And again, we, we didn't rack up 140 yards of penalties. We didn't have any like mega drive killing penalties. And so it, the and and here's the word: the execution, right? And the execution also it's it's not just running your routes. It's it's not just blocking. It's doing it properly, doing it how you were taught. Yeah. And and so I think there is there's just so much positive to take from the game. And 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 maybe the flip side is you really got to dig to find some negatives and maybe, maybe that's a better way to approach it. Not so much. Yeah. Look at the points we scored and look at the yards we put up and Holy crap, Noah Thomas, like, mm-hmm. Hey, 
look look at how we minimize mistakes. Look at how we we made a very simple play calling approach be incredibly effective. Yeah. So maybe it's the negatives. Like we didn't kill ourselves with drives or with, uh, we didn't kill drives with penalties. You know, we didn't do anything stupid defensively. We didn't, we didn't get totally like a dude just running free 70 yards down the field. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Clemson secondary, for instance. Yeah. Oh, Clemson, man. Uh, hey, how about this? Cheers to Mike Elko. Mike Elko, man. Uh, he's about to get paid. He's he about should. to, as he should. And, you know, it will be well deserved. We, we were a little disappointed that he left, but I mean, here's the deal. You have the opportunity. You've got skills. you got to take advantage of your opportunities. Your first head coaching gig after you leave here, and you're crushing it. You just took down yeah. number nine at home with a perennial underachieving football program. No, well, no, you just took down number nine Clemson, and you coach for a basketball school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was actually talking about this with, with Megan. You know, it's – it's not like he rolled out of here and took a D2 job. And and I get that, like you said, you know, Duke is perennially underachieving minus a few years here and there under Cutliffe. But yeah. um, but it's Duke. Like, you take the job, you know? Like, well, well consi- I, consider this. You have two perennial top-level basketball schools with two phenomenal football coaches now with, obviously, Mac Brown and Mike Elko. I think oh, I thought you were going to say Jimbo. Oh, oh, Jimbo. Soon to be perennial basketball powerhouse, Texas a Yes, soon to be. So, so going counters. into this, like you said, uh, I thought that was a great analogy, honestly, the Colorado game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could I – could, and again, you know, they don't sell that stadium out, and I get that Miami fans are trying to get hyped up and all this stuff, but the, the reality remains that no matter how hyped up they try to get, they only put so many people in the stands, right? And if they're Great. bragging about 40,000, that place seats more than 40,000, so I'd be willing to bet that there are going to be a ton of maroon shirts in that, you know, in the stands on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so, again, as long as we don't have a Colorado-esque performance. <laughs> but, Fingers crossed, uh, knock on wood. But I think that's a great analogy, um, just relative to the two fan bases. You know, Colorado uh, – I remember the days when Colorado was a powerhouse in the 90s, and I get it. Uh, you know, we're Sean Salam, you know, back in those days. Um, but they're just not, and they've fallen way off. The, but now all of a sudden, you know, you have Dion kind of bringing them back. Um, I don't know about Mario Cristobal. I, I, like, I've, to me, like, I don't know if it's going to work at Miami, but sometimes I feel like maybe that's not Cristobal, maybe that's Miami. I mean, look at the support they're getting. Yeah. And, but – but can they kind of snowball effect that, you know, roll it down the hill and, and all these donors and fans and graduates, you know, alumni um, go, Hey, you know, I remember when the U was a, a thing of pride and, and I want to be a part of bringing this back. So I, it'll be interesting to watch kind of how Miami continues to go, because again, they had a setback like we did last year at five and seven. And I guarantee you that that is, well, it's unacceptable at any school. Um, mm-hmm. But a school like Miami is no different than here. It's completely unacceptable. So I'll be interested to see how Chris Ball really gets the ball rolling. I don't think he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that at all. I just, I don't know how Miami is going, like the fan base and the alumni are going to respond to success because it's been so long. They've been down for so long. You know, are they going to, are they going to, are they going to hop on board? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, Anytime you can get a major city, major metropolitan area to really get behind a college team, that's a special deal. And it's it 
because obviously you consider schools like Texas A&M or Texas Tech or Oklahoma State or any of these. It's true organic from alumni. Right. It's truly small town college towns where you build your fan base and then regionally it grows. And yeah, you start pulling alumni from all of your major metropolitans. But at the end of the day, you have that centralized. This is home base. This is what makes us special is that we have this school. So Texas A&M is a great example of that, as is Texas Tech, as is yada, yada, yada. You go down the list. Now, a school like Miami, of course, you are locked in a major metropolitan area where there are so many other things going on that aren't college sports. So, you know, here's a great parallel while you're talking through this. It just dawned on me. U of H. Mm-hmm. The old running gun back in the day. Yeah. The city of Houston, it's like the third largest city in the nation, has really one major university, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you see what <clears throat> the basketball program is doing. <clears throat> you yeah. see what the football program is trying to do and build. And yeah. you got an entire – and they're almost like – I don't want to say pass, <clears throat> passive fans um, – but when there's not anything else to do, like why not go support the Cougs, right? In Houston, right? right. Why not, right? And and I think, but here's and not to say that Houston. Uh, look, love Houston. I'm, I'm a time baby, but <laughs> yeah, not to say there's not a ton of stuff to do in Houston. But Miami, I think, is a little bit different because Houston's not necessarily your biggest tourist kind of town, right? No, I mean, um, obviously, you got NASA and a few other things, but Miami yeah, is a destination. And my, Miami is a destination city, and I love Houston. I love it. I do. And there's and, uh, if people would unlock some things relative to you know, just opening their mind a little bit. Houston really is kind of a, a destination city to an extent, especially, oh, yeah. if you love, especially if you love to eat. So maybe maybe I'm biased because I love to eat. But uh, <laughs> but Miami is, you know, it's not just, you know, and, and look, NASA and, and everything in the Astros and and, and NRG and there's, there's and, you know, the rodeo I get. Like, there's a ton to do in Houston. But Miami's just different. You know, it's got a different vibe. Um, Houston's very industrial. Uh, you know, there's a ton of stuff to do, but you're generally there on business or you're maybe in town to watch your team. Like, like you're knocking off a, a, a baseball an MLB stadium off your bucket list, but Miami, you can go to Miami four different times and have four completely different experiences. Houston is it's, it's awesome. And they've done a ton with downtown Houston. They've done a ton to develop Houston, but just Miami and Houston are not the same. So I think it'll be a little bit harder to pull people in because generally there's a million things to do in Miami and the people that live in Miami love to do those million things. So that's where I think if they're going to truly, if they get something rolling, if Mario Cristobal can really get something rolling and really, you know, he's going to have to pull in the alumni. He's going to need Michael Irvin in Miami on a regular basis. You know, he's, you know, he's going to need some of those big studs that played in Miami back in the day when the U was like, you did this anywhere and everybody knew exactly what you were talking about. Um, so I think it's kind of one of those, you know what, Messi being there is a perfect example. Nobody in Miami cares about that sport. Messi shows up, can't buy a ticket. Bring those big names, those personalities, because Miami's kind of that town. Miami, L.A., you know, New York City, they love the big names. The The popular people do something, so everybody will latch on to it. So I think if Chris Ball can get it rolling um, and can really tap into just, I mean, Hall of Famers, quite frankly, mm-hmm. to come back and make it cool. If it's cool in Miami, people will do it. Um, in Houston, you know, if it works, they'll they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a more industrial take. So, but yeah. I feel like Miami and Houston are maybe to an extent because that's their team, right? 
Yeah, well, and, you know, you see that in, no doubt, Miami. And it does help that they are positioned in a conference now. Obviously, with ACC, you know, it, it it's where it's For standing. Now. The way it's standing at this point, I mean, Miami very easily um, could give itself a nice little bump. There's no question about that, but... Well, yeah, and, and what's hilarious is literally by the time you get this edited and released, the, the ACC may be gone. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's such an insane world uh, that we're living in with conference realignment. Um, right. And and I hate it. I'll, I'll be quite frank. I hate it. Um, and I understand that, you know, I don't want to go back to the Southwest Conference. I don't want to play seven teams in Texas, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like just regionally it makes no sense. And, and, I, and I'm not a big fan of, you know, like Notre Dame is – in the ACC for some sports and not others, you know, it, yeah. it, it, well, because they're not dumb and they realize that, you know, nonprofit generating non-revenue sports, like you're really taking in the tank. If you got to start flying people from coast to coast mm-hmm. and they're talking about, you know, with the ACC talking about playing games in Dallas. Cause it's like the in-between that's no, 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 that's not how any of this works. You agreed to be in the conference that was on the Atlantic coast, figure it out or mm-hmm. how's the program. It's that simple. Right. And, in this and because what everything's happening with conference realignment, it's forcing these decisions, which I think are absolute crap for the schools to have to make. Um, you know, if you want to do football only, though, I don't know why the Pac 12 can't still remain for every other sport. So, again, they're they're realigning these commissioners and these presidents are talking about all this realignment, and you're getting it coming out of both sides of their mouth. And like, I'm fine with whatever. But this crap about like playing baseball games in Dallas, yeah, no, no, not at all. Like you and I are the same group. Like, you know, non-conference early season games should be on campus kind of crowd, mm-hmm. right? Quit playing in random places. Yeah, you know, the only only game that I approve of of being completely random places is the Army Navy game. Not to mention that's the end of the year, anyways. Well, and I do tend to agree that if there are a handful of spots out there. Uh, where you have seen, um, you know, traditionally neutral site spots, you know, that makes a lot more sense where you know, Oklahoma and Texas, of course, yeah, uh, sort of, but I mean, I, like I remember A&M playing Florida state for a, a season kickoff and it was like up in New Jersey. So these, the sites we're at haven't always been the sites, the mm-hmm. sites that were playing these, you know, neutral, neutral site, non-conference early season games. Mm-hmm. It's just gone to the highest bidder, which is exactly what college football has gone to with the rule changes. We change the rules, not to shorten the amount of time that the game takes, like on a time spectrum, you just going to, you're just going to get less football and more ads. And mm-hmm. so it, it's really kind of caving to it. Um, and, and my first thought was when this all kind of came out, you know, with the, uh, you know, the new clock rules, obviously, there's going to be, you know, what, eight to ten less plays a game is kind of what we're seeing generally, which yeah. means that's, you know, that's just more commercial. It's more revenue. They're, they're getting a cram in there. My yeah. first thought was golf. And, and if you watch golf, you know what I'm talking about. They call it the playthrough, mm-hmm. like playthrough pattern. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But they split screen and to where you have, like, you can still watch what's going on and they still have an ad. Mm-hmm. So let's, like, you know, you show me both. But keep yeah. playing football, like because the because all of a sudden now the idea isn't to isn't to shorten it 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 never had anything to do with shorten the 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 length of the games never no. did like no. they'll never be able to convince me that that was your idea. No, that was always the thought process was going to be how much extra money can we squeeze out of this stuff, and that's the way it's always been with them. Uh, it's driving me nuts. Um, and not to mention I 
we've talked about conference realignment. It's absolutely bonkers. And frankly, I've hit a point where it's like, where, where can we make this stuff make sense? I mean, we're talking, why on earth is Cal and Stanford going all the way to the Atlantic coast for a volleyball game on a Tuesday night? It's completely asinine. Completely. And you're, you're going to end up with some schools all of a sudden redoing their budgets in a year or two and going, wow, that was a really poor decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the, the game clock thing doesn't bug me. I, like, I don't mind it being a little bit more like the NFL. I don't mind the clock not stopping every first down. I really don't. Yeah. But the complaints, I, I didn't go to the game, right? Right. So the complaints I've heard is it actually it's just even worse when you're in stadium. It's even mm-hmm. more choppy than it ever was. You know, you're looking over the sideline with the dude with the red oven mitt, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the guy's letting know. <clears throat> Apparently, it's made it even like even less contiguous than it was mm-hmm. like throughout the game. Yeah, and, and-, and I get that TV drives revenue, but I think the one thing that we need to remember is there is a very stark difference between NFL and college, and there always needs to be. It's important that college football has its own unique thing and its own unique important things. Mm-hmm. NFL fans are generally geographically located <clears throat> or they're loyal from from birth so they're they're either ge- geographically where they're at they that's their that's their fandom or where they grew up is their fandom mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it's got nothing to you know that that's literally your only attachment at the nfl level and nfl fans we've said this probably a, a thousand times nfl fans are the worst oh, like, they're terrible. the absolute worst college college fans and and like the college atmosphere it's just so different and i just don't want that to change because the product due to the new clock rules makes going to a game kind of shitty you mm-hmm. know like i don't want that to to change this sport because it's i'm still a firm believer it's the it's the greatest sport in this nation i and i know nfl ratings absolutely smash everything but i will always say college football that for me is like leaps and bounds above the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed college. For entertainment sports. value. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, even with NIL and everything else going on, college still has that air of amateurism, which is a lot of fun to watch. And you do see the disparity of talent from top to bottom is a lot higher than it is in the NFL. You know, the lowest level NFL team does not equate to a New Mexico State or a UMass or yeah. any of those type of teams. So when a team like that can sneak up and grab somebody, it really is a special occasion, especially for that area, for those fans, because it's so easy to just say, oh, well, I'm a Texas fan. I'm a Alabama fan. I'm a USC fan. I'm a you know Michigan, Ohio State. List off all your blue bloods, in quotes. But – when you are an App State fan or a mm-hmm. Boise State fan or a New Mexico State fan, you know, you are very much in a niche point in the market, but it's special to you, especially when you pull it out. Be, being a college fan, there, I think there's just a ton more invest in, investment emotionally. Yeah. Quite frankly, I, I, I think there's you just have way more emotional capital from a college level. Um, I, yeah, and I agree. You know, it and and to watch the small schools, you know, we got bit by App State last year, right? Yeah. Like, what a reward! Uh, you 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 support a small a smaller college. You know, you went there, or you grew up there, and you still live there. And and to see them, you know, come up with that. That's why gambling in the on the NFL is so difficult because all of those dudes are pros, and the worst team in the league can beat the best team on 
what is it any given sunday any given sunday. kind of the same in college but it's a but i the gap there's just there's talent there's distinct talent gaps no there's no question about that all right and we're back sorry about that y'all we had a quick little break but yes uh nfl college football all the excitement it's been great it's been good couldn't it's, be happier to be back what's what's weird is i <sighs> And I've said it before, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I always have been. I grew up, the first NFL games I can remember watching were sitting on the couch with my dad watching the Cowboys. Um, and again, regionally, right? I, I loved yeah. watching the Oilers because I was from Houston, but I was a Cowboys fan. Um, That's fair. But uh, I, I think the NFL for me now has – it, it, the allure is probably more fantasy football than it is watching – well, maybe that's because I'm a Cowboys fan. It's not very exciting to watch the stinking Cowboys every year. It just break my heart. Yeah. Um, but and I'm in a uh, I'm in a I, I put this on Twitter. I think you probably saw it. Um, I'm in a fantasy football league with a bunch of former tomb guards, mm-hmm. and we have like the world's coolest trophy now. Um, oh, yeah. We took one. Yeah, we took one of our tomb guards. I I have you know I, I have a few pair, and so I took one of them and sent it off to this dude. And he got it chromed. Hmm. So like a tomb guard shoe on a plaque is our new trophy. So. That's pretty um, phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> sick. Um, yeah, I'll probably post it again when fantasy football starts uh, starts up. I got my have my draft tomorrow night, and I'll be at bowling league, so that's great. Uh, but, nice uh, healthy combo there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, look for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night only. You know, bowling is going to take a back seat. <laughs> yeah, um, I got. So I get to like round ten, and then I'm just going to let it fly. That's it. Exactly. Well, we just got to secure those top spots. So, you know, who, who's a just quick, quick little aside focusing on. So uh, who are some key position players that you just absolutely need? Hey, oh, we're talking fantasy football person. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll talk fantasy football. Let's don't get crazy. Oh, that's fine. Um, like, like ideally, who do you want right now? Um, So I'm not a quarterback first round guy and most fantasy guys aren't. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time being running back. Uh, uh, first round guy because one we've just seen so many running backs over over the years you know the number one number two running back and they get hurt week one right. um and quarterbacks it, they you know unless you're in a weird scoring league they don't generally put up the kind of points other guys so uh i'll i'll generally go wide receiver running back round one round two um except for the can't miss tight ends right yeah. um Darren Waller is all over everybody's board this year. I think Darren Waller is a great tight end pickup if you can get him in like the third or fourth round. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like Kelsey. You know, you'll reach up into the in the first couple of rounds to grab him because I, I so I roll PPR points per reception, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a PPR league, um, so tight ends can be just as valuable as, as a number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I always every year make sure I have an Aggie on my roster, even if it's a kicker. Yeah. Um, but I always have an Aggie on my roster, and it it makes it easy because Mike Evans, you know, the guy just. He just wakes up and spits out thousand yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think a chain is going to be a fun late round grab. Uh, I, I think he could be incredibly dynamic in that offense where it's just like zoomy, zoomy, zoom, zoom, zoom offense. To, <laughs> they have so much speed, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really big on any uh, quarterback this year uh, mm-hmm. because since I don't get quarterbacks, you know, early, um, yeah. you know, I, I generally don't get Mahomes. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't get the dudes that you like the the few proven commodities you know are going to put up numbers. The Josh Allen's, right? Right. Um, so if I don't, you know, if, if I'm in a situation where I'd rather, you know, rather just take a quarterback late, um, I like Kenny Pickett. 
I was about to say that was the first name that popped in my head was Kenny Pickett. Might yeah. be a halfway decent pickup just because I mean there's not a lot of expectations around the Steelers, but they do have some but pretty the, decent but, talent. Like we yeah. said, it's the NFL, right? So these yeah. are all NFL caliber players. So yeah. the, you know, the opportunity, and again, that's the beauty of fantasy football. They don't have to win a lot of games to to be successful for fantasy. Yeah. Um, Kenny be good. Uh, Christian Kirk, you know, talk about Aggies. Yeah, see, Kirk's another great one just because he's so dynamic. Um, and you know, obviously with 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 Fitzgerald, you know, gone, you know, he really is kind of the the centerpiece of that offense to extent. Plus, he returns punts, you know, so there's there's yeah. value there. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not real big on running backs unless they're pass catching running backs, because the I think we've seen quite a bit in the NFL. There's only a few teams that really, truly go like bell cow running back, lean on him the entire game. So, you know, you've Tennessee got Titans, right? There's only a couple. Derrick Henry is one of those guys. Uh, yeah, 100, yeah, 100 percent. But there's just not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I I. I I'm not a big guy on poaching the third down goal line running back either. Cause if they don't get to the goal line, you're not going to get anything out of the guy. So again, cause yeah. I'm a PPR league. I like the guys that are more dynamic and that's where I think a chain could be a massive steal. And like the, and I dude, I'll pick him up in the sixth or seventh round. And you know, if he's still sitting around there. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So, so those kind of guys I'm big on, uh, you know, the bell cows, if you're going to get a Derrick Henry, you got to handcuff him, right. You got to have the backup because we've seen, we just seen, and, and, but that it's a true testament to the physicality of the NFL. Yeah. is is that running backs really can't be the dude anymore as much as they used to be there's you know we don't have an entire league of barry sanders emmett smith walter payton you know uh, all those guys just, just jerome bettis be, you know being a 35 you know 30 30 carry 35 carry a game kind of back it's just it's the players have gotten too big they've gotten too physical too fast and yeah. it just it takes so much of a toll that you just can't well in the game like the game's changed. I mean, there's so much additional focus on you know, it's no different than like, you know, consider baseball. Everybody loves a good home run. Everybody loves a long, deep touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves the bubble quarterback. You know, those are things that are dynamically changing where all of a sudden the role of our running backs just don't feel the same level as they used to. It's just part of the game. Yeah, three and, yards in a cloud of dust is is a long, long time ago. And and yeah. never forget, chicks dig the long ball. So it's exactly. home runs, whether it's in baseball <laughs> or, it's, or it's the home run shot, you know, in football, you know, tossing one over the top and, and having your receiver, you know, even, you know, what's the old saying? If, if he's even, he's leaving shoulder to shoulder with the defender, catching stride, and he's gone. You yeah. know, so it's. There's nothing sexy about running straight up the middle and bulldozing people like Tombs or Javorski Lane anymore. In the eyes Anymore. of the I was going to say it was sexy. I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love going back and watching that tombs run that he had against Oklahoma, where he's mm-hmm. just rolling and bowling all the way to the goal line. Yep. That's beautiful football to me. And I love that, but that's a different era. Yeah. I grew up in an era where they put refrigerator Perry in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> the fridge scoring touchdowns is yeah, one of the like, best things, man. Yeah. You know, when, and I get, you know, when you get down the goal line, they'll still do that. But I, what's even funny now, I'm just kind of trying to remember as much as I can in short, real quick. Like you see a ton more play action at, at the goal line, even in the NFL now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just such a dynamic game because again, the athletes are just, they're, just worlds away where they were when when I was growing up, you know, as a kid watching the NFL. Yeah. So um, even you know, you could say the Roger Staubachs and the Terry Bradshaws and all of those guys and the way those O lines were built and everybody. It it's hard to believe that those guys. And we love those quarterbacks and we love those teams, but would they even survive in a modern day NFL against all these other cats? I don't know. But makes well, it entertaining yeah, it, though. 
But at the, at the same time, you know, we also live in a world where in Premier League, if somebody sneezes at you, you go rolling. So athletes have learned to game the system a little bit. The NBA is the same. Uh, I think you see it in the NFL, too, a little bit, and not yeah. to the same extent. But back then, those guys were like, you knock a tooth out, and they go back in. Like, Ronnie Lott was like, cut off the end of my finger so I can get back in the game. Like, it's it's a different mentality, and not yeah. not that it's a bad mentality. They're, they're actually thinking about quality of life after the game, so that's probably not the – yeah, it's one of those, you know, all you guys are – all you guys suck. All you guys suck. You guys are lame. Um. No, I just, you know, I want to be able to hold my kids when I'm 35. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't like having 25 concussions a year. You know, I don't want that. Yeah. Nobody wants that. And we love the game of football, but obviously injury is a big problem, has been for years, continues to be a problem. So, well, and it's it, and it's also it hasn't grown. It's just the awareness. Yeah. Yeah everybody, yeah, everybody knew about knees and ankles, but you're talking about head injuries. You're talking about stuff that's a lot more serious. Walk it off. Be a tough guy. Yeah, yeah walk off my concussion here. What are you talking about, psycho? Uh, uh, a couple that I'm probably staying away I'll, I'll wrap it real quick on fantasy. A couple I'm probably staying away from. Mm. Uh, I think Kittle doesn't have a very good year this year. George Kittle. Yeah. Um, and, again, this is just my opinion. I don't know why. I, just kind of what I'm feeling. Um, yeah. And and I got burned by this guy, so I'm not getting this guy ever again. But J.K. Dobbins, um, <laughs> and I'm in a PPR league. Like they don't throw the ball to him, so unless he's getting 150 yards on the ground, I get nothing out of that guy. And that's yeah, well, if he stays healthy. Yeah. What have you done oh, for me lately, buddy? To- totally not bitter whatsoever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah. No, I mean I love fantasy football though. My two. I'm only yeah. in one league this year, but um, you know I have my Dixie Chicken Hawks and my San Antonio Banderas. Okay, uh, those are two phenomenal team names. Do you know what my team name was forever and always? My team name has always been the Alabama Thunder Pussies, which is, mind you. Sounds like is, a roller derby team. It's a band name. It's a That's real terrible. band. And the thing is, the way I made the logo, I'll show it to you later, but it does have. Uh, it's safe for work. So it's, it's the Alabama, like. Crimson Tide, like circle, but in the middle of it. Nope, I'm done. You're good. It's, You're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Grumpy cat with lightning bolts coming out of him. <laughs> okay, it may not be a roller derby team, but I guarantee you that's a band that plays at roller derby. Uh-huh. But here's the deal. That band at roller derby won two leagues in a row, so. No, oh, that's fair. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a ton of fun with it, too. Like, <laughs> I've had losing seasons where I've put out press releases that the, the team is relocating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites from way back in the day, my oldest sister played college, uh, played fantasy when she was here in college. So like in early mid nineties. Yeah. And um, she had some, the San Antonio Banderas is actually, I, I think it was hers. Oh, so I kind of stole that from her. And then they had the Idaho iconoclasts. So the logo was just a white helmet, like no, no logo, no nothing. Um, but That's anyways, phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just sitting here nerding things up. Um, hey, nothing wrong with being nerdy, man. It's a podcast. Let's have some fun with it, man. That's fair. Oh, who I also <laughs> don't draft, Dak Prescott. Yeah, no. I try and no. stay away from Cowboys. It's kind of like don't bet on your own team. Like, Yeah, no, that's that's bad juju. Well, because then if, if the Cowboys lose and they suck, you're mad for two reasons, because both the Cowboys and your fantasy team is terrible. So it's like when you gamble on the team that you love, if they lose, like if you bet on them to win and they lose, not only are you mad they lose, you're out of money. Yeah, so, it's kind of a double, yeah, double it, tech there. It, 
in all of my gambling, the only time I've ever really bet on Aggie football is like over the summer national championship odds, just because they're so ridiculous. I'm like, what's a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, and, and, I and you know what? that over four months, I'm like, I'm only paying like thirty cents. It's like the would you save a, a polar bear? It only costs you seven cents a day. Like this bet really only cost me seven cents a day. <laughs> well, you put it in, and here's the deal: when it does happen, if it does happen, all of a sudden. It's like a double whammy because you're just like, boom, boom, congratulations, yeah, plus I got paid. That's the only time that I'll bet on the eggs because, it, it, yeah, it's like the double joy, right? Yeah. Um, but on a weekly basis, no way. It's stressful I, enough watching the eggs. The only time I've ever bet on a sporting event was one time, 2012. We were getting there ahead of – this was, you know, football. Johnny Manziel's cruising, doing his thing. We were there the same week that AM was playing Auburn on the road and beat the dog out of them. We were uh, playing Mississippi State that next week. And uh, the thing was, State, who had been, I think, only one loss or undefeated going into that Alabama game. And Bama was like a 21-point favorite or something ridiculous. I said, no way. Mississippi State's undefeated. They're going to keep it within 21. I put money on Mississippi State. What happened? Alabama dogged them because, of course, they did. So I was like, well, never betting on sports again. That's good to know. Well, you have better restraint than I do. I <clears throat> I do care to gamble from time to time. Um, not as much as I used to, though. I mean, I'll uh, gamble. I just don't do it on sports most of the time. Are you, are you betting on debate teams? No. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. You know, I, I, I'm a big you – know, I like poker. You know, oh, I got you. I yeah, mean, like, just, I, I don't do betting. You know, general casino, just g- gambling. You're, yeah. You don't bet. You, okay, that's fair. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll gamble, but I won't like <clears> bet <throat> on sports. Let's put it there. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to bet on sports because it's something that you can't control. So you know, why not gamble on a deck of cards that you can wait? Although poker, yeah, <laughs> poker. There's a science to poker. There is yeah, a science. Yeah, po- poker, poker. You have a lot. Of, you at least have a hand on the wheel when you're playing poker. There's a human element on both sides of your cards. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm All not right, necessarily so, working against the house. Right. Uh, so I want to get into something. So this is completely random, and this goes back to me being cynical um, and not being as cynical anymore. Uh, so. Uh, Bach Realty Group, we fall under Tom Ferry. Uh, he's a he's a global real estate coach. Just unbelievable, fantastic. Um, and so we're kind of like a, under the Tom Ferry coaching tree or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, and every year they have Summit. And it's a big thing up in Dallas. This year we didn't go. We watched it remotely as a team um, instead of like having to go up to Dallas. Uh, and it, it's super informational, obviously. You know, it's not, it, we don't just sit there for three days and talk about the market. It's, it's a ton of, you know, how to build your business because even no matter who you work for, technically, you know, you're still your own business, you know, as a realtor. Um, mm-hmm. And they brought out the keynote speaker and I want to talk about this and I'll, and I'll be brief, uh, sure. but the keynote speaker, his name was Sean Aker. It's uh, not, uh, not, it's A-C-H-O-R, not like Aker, like land. It's like anchor without an N acre and uh he's he basically studies positivity and he's hilarious so it, it it helps but the dude's he's like a harvard guy um but now he goes around and gives speeches just talking about the effects of positivity that, that they actually have like math because he's a harvard guy so he he doesn't just study happiness he i mean the quantifiable um you know studies with results and he just talked about uh, you know the power of positivity in your life and um and i'm not gonna sit here and rah rah everything i, I get it um but he talked about, you know, four habits that, that you can have uh, you know, in your daily life. 
Um, you don't have to have, you know, you don't do all four. You can just pick one. And, you know, one of them was uh, every day you write down three positive things about your partner or somebody in your life and you don't necessarily share it with them. You don't have to, you can, if you want, uh, and you can't repeat. So you always have to find three new positive things about someone in your life. Uh, another one was uh, every day for two minutes, literally just unplug and you don't have to like full blown meditate, but just unplug and just kind of everything. No, don't think about work, you know, just it's it's kind of like your own personal little quiet time for two minutes to completely unplug, put your phone down, put everything down, close your laptop. Uh, and then the other one was every day sending a, a gratitude text. So you've got everybody's got a phone, everybody's got a ton of contacts in there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, every day, and this is kind of the other, it takes two minutes kind of thing. You know, every day sending a, a text to someone in your life, whether currently in your life or they just happen to still be in your phone and just send them a text, all the things you appreciate about them, you know, and, and just let them know you're thankful for whatever role they either play or played in your life. And uh, it's weird. It's not weird. Uh, it, it's crazy um, how much the positivity, uh, how much response you get out of that positivity and the response is positive. So mm-hmm. you're not only like, you feel good about letting people know that you like them, right? You, f- you feel good about giving people compliments. It's it's a, it's a general, it's an endorphin kind of release. Mm-hmm. You, know, you feel good when you're when you're good, when you're nice, right? It makes you feel good. And then to have the response and, and it's and, and the ability to reconnect with people, and that's where I'm doing it alphabetically in my phone. Um, so uh, so like if look, Williams, Rob, it's gonna be a while. Gonna be a while, Rob. That's all good. But uh, but but it's it's amazing how you can also reconnect those those relationships and almost kind of rekindle them to an extent um, just to let people know that you care about them uh, and, and just let them know, you know why they were important to you and, and why they're still important. And it's weird because, again, I'm not generally your raw, raw positivity guy. Right. I get it. I know. I know. But it has uh, it, it has really kind of changed my daily outlook. And what's weird is being you know being a little bit more positive and, and kind of a little bit better spirits on a daily basis i've literally seen my business pick up mm-hmm. like it's crazy i you know i mean they they stand up there on stage and say you know if you're more positive things go better for you you know like yeah sure right whatever uh but i kind of dedicated myself to doing this and and it has been such a, a positive impact on me it's been a positive impact uh i mean hopefully like here in the house with with, with my wife and kiddo you know I'm, i hope they notice that you know maybe i'm a little bit more positive than i generally was uh but it's also been so positive to be able to reach out and, and talk to people that, you know, I haven't talked to in a while, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, and, and that's on me because the phone goes both ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why haven't they reached out to me? Well, why don't you just reach out to them? Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. It's two minutes. Op- it takes yeah, two minutes. Yeah. The opportunity's there. Take it. You know, uh, and the thing is life is very short and I will mm-hmm. say two and, you know, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you've been talking about. I think the thing is, there's so much going on in this world for us to not waste energy on negative thoughts and negative feelings all the time. And unfortunately, you surround yourself, like a lot of us end up surrounding us ourselves with people who don't necessarily fit that mold. You, you've got people, you know, in life that for whatever reason, life has just been kicking them around. Things just aren't working out. And I understand that's not easy, you know, going through, you know, whether it's a business failing, whether it's, you didn't get your job that you wanted. Um, You know, I listened to and through a handful of these things, but one of the phrases that always comes back is good. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if it's bad, because it's good. If it's bad in the moment, that has just presented you with a new opportunity 
to grow through it and get better. You know, if you didn't get that job, it's because you weren't supposed to get that job. Go get a different job. That's probably going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And this initial look, you're not thinking about it. You know, you're just frustrated you didn't get that job. But if you just dwell on that, you're never, ever going to move forward into the next slot. So you just have to keep staying positive, finding the silver lining in the cloud and just keep moving forward because there's no point in staying in the same place. Well, and 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 an initial initial or momentary letdown can't turn into permanent disappointment. It just can't. And and it's just. Like we, we, we're just going to end up being motivational speakers here for a second. And it's kind of, well, but it's all, it's up to all of us too. You know, when those people are in your life and they're having a, uh, they're having a rough time. Yeah. Like it's our job to help pick each other up. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, and it, and it goes both ways. Like if it, it, you can be a little selfish, like be selfish. Cause it feels good to help others. Like what a great way to be selfish. Yeah. I want to feel better by helping others. You know Another, what? Another deal with that. <laughs> Hey, hey, you get the endorphin boost. I mean, I get the endorphin boost. You get everybody the does. praise and you enjoy it. Everybody benefits when you yeah. all support each other. And there, there's too much going on in this world for us to continue to just be haters of things and be irritable about things. And I can speak to the music industry just as a quick little aside. You know, I'm not in the business anymore. Let me stress anymore of being you know, a hater of anybody's music. And I mean, anybody's music. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a certain level of success that they've gotten themselves to. And, you know, not all paths are the same. Not every single journey has been the same, but you've gotten to where you're at for whatever reason. And I fully understand and support your ability to get there the way that you're supposed to get there. And, And there is different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you know what there for me is? There for me is pretty simple. I can do music full-time with zero worries about anything financial right. going forward. <clears throat> that would be me making it. It doesn't matter if I'm selling out arenas doing that or I'm doing it playing the same songs for you know 15 you know, weekends over the summer, just cruising along, doing the same thing. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you're finding joy in what you're doing and you're making money doing it, there's nothing wrong with it, man. And bless you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, and, and and that's the biggest thing. So, like the biggest takeaway, and if you ever like, he's on YouTube. Some of his uh, talks have been um, have been filmed, and they're like hour long talks. He's a true keynote speaker. Yeah. He was Sean Aker, S H A U A W. Let me spell it right. Sean S H A W N. A C H O R Sean Aker. He's fantastic. And he's funny. He's like, he's a good watch. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just, I've, I've been, I've been impacted by positivity. I kind of wanted to share that, <laughs> but um, before we go, I, I, I think I forgot to plug some things. I'm, sh- I'm fairly certain yeah, you have some things to plug. Everything to plug. Let's just, yeah, throw all the plugs in. Let's, let's break out the little power strip here. What did you got? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that's, you know, happened since kind of thing, since we were here, uh, I've got a new YouTube channel. It's called uh, Ribs Real Estate and Rambling. Uh, it's at Triple R, uh, and I'm trying to showcase uh, really the the personalities and, and the people here in the Brazos Valley, and kind of really showcase the the you know the area and, and show people how many amazing people we have around here. You know, yeah. Um, so last I release it every Friday. We film up at Cooper's uh, up off the bypass, and um, uh, so like last week I I 
uh, had Dr. Lofton, sat down with Dr. Lofton and talked. And and what I always say in the episode is, I mean, is there any other way to have a great conversation in Texas other than sitting over a couple plates of barbecue, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, on the same channel I've been putting out, uh, Monday was Labor Day, so I, I didn't get one out yesterday. It was a holiday, um, so I didn't get all my info together because it was a holiday. But yeah. uh, uh, but I'm doing a Monday market update on Mondays. It's really, it's a lot from a Fed level, but I, I try to localize it as best I can. Those are generally like, five to seven minute videos, but just a little heads up, you know, if you're in the market or you just kind of want to know what's going on because you own a home. Um, but, and then the, uh, the, the ribs, real estate and ramblings episodes on Fridays, those are generally about a half hour. Um, and I, and I try to ask questions that not every other interviewer has asked kind of thing. Yeah. Because you know, every, everybody's seen the same interview for Dr. Lofton, right. A hundred times. So like I asked him about physics and, and I asked him about, uh, you know, his time at NASA you know, yeah, I, I, I don't remember hearing that. I, oh, I asked him about, um, you know, when he was president of Tamu Galveston, when they had to do that entire, like, evacuate the school thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that's fascinating. I just don't see a ton of it ever covered. But one more time, let's hear how the SEC move happened, because we've all heard the story. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, I could bring it back and do an episode on that, but you can read the book. You know, you, you can go find a million videos on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I talked to Max Crawford, our, our local weather guy. He's, it's, it's fascinating. He's a hilarious personality. He's a fantastic human being. Love that guy. Um, you know, like, why not talk to him kind of thing? So yeah. it's, uh, it's been a Hunter Shirtliff. Yeah. Um, you know, his wife, Marka, you were Shirtliff. Like, it just, mm-hmm. just fun conversation, just kind of talking about things. Um, uh, so yeah, so so I've got a YouTube channel if you want to go to it. Um, I put out like kind of shortcut reels uh, when I release it. But mm-hmm. if you're on Instagram and you're looking at it, just go to the Instagram bio and the links in the bio to the YouTube channel. And just like ours, you know, remember like, subscribe, comment because metrics matter. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, no no question. Uh, yeah, you can leave comments, but if nothing else, you know, please you know just just like, subscribe. Uh, you don't have to turn on notifications because if you you know, subscribe to 48 different channels, the notifications can get to be a bit much. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what's going on in my life marketing wise, maybe is a good way to put it. Sure. Absolutely. And that's a bunch of good stuff. So be sure to check out all of those channels. Um, be sure to same channel. Yeah, all the stuff's on one channel. Yeah, same all channel. one channel. Yeah. All on one channel. Yeah. Just check it across, out. Yeah, you know, but I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, obviously. But yeah, right. it's all on the YouTube channel. Yeah, go check out that YouTube channel all day long now be sure to come jump along uh with me if you want uh you can follow along uh, at shredder designs on instagram as well as shredder designs on facebook uh, if you want to catch up with my clothing line that we got started if any of y'all are on youtube and you see the hat and you like it you want some other options be sure to go into that uh link there and check out the website there's a bunch of good stuff on there we've got hats we've got shirts stickers crop tops hoodies because it's gonna get cold eventually i promise we're not there yet but we're getting close yeah please be sure to jump in and give each of those pieces of clothing a look that would be incredible if you are looking for something to listen to music-wise, and you have not heard about me and my band, if this may be your first time joining in on the podcast, I play with a guy named Carson Jeffrey. Uh, We are a Texas country red dirt band based out of College Station, Texas, as well as a few other associate members around the area. But be sure to jump in and check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, wherever you can see. I have worn y'all out on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> be sure to check us out on all those things. We have a brand new single coming out in a couple of weeks. 
But also when it releases, we'll make sure that we drop it in the <clears throat> make sure we drop it on the with the podcast. We will plug the hell out of that single when it drops. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's called Girl from Fort Worth. It is based on a true story. It is going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> and we have a few music video ideas that I will share with you eventually. But uh, we are currently holding off on those nice, because nice little teaser there. <laughs> yeah, could be a lot of fun. So that was a lot of good stuff. I'm very excited for us to get back in. So am I. Know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. getting back on this horse. It's been a blast uh, getting things going again. Um, plenty of great things coming up for both of us. Uh, College Station's just a great place to be. We enjoy being here. And. And I'll, and I'll say this, if you guys want to catch up with us at any time, uh, feel free to shoot us a DM. If you do not already follow us on Twitter slash X, be sure to go on there and look <laughs> us up at the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, be sure to follow Roy May 15 on Twitter as well as Rob the Slapper on Twitter. We are both on there. We are both having a great time. Yeah, if you and, got, and like you said, if, if you got anything that you'd love us to address, you drop it in the DMs on the podcast, on our personal uh, socials. I'm fairly certain I'm not on private. Yeah, if I am. And then drop it on the drop it on the red. Once ass. again, once again, topically no politics, but we will jump in and talk about just about anything. Yeah, no yeah. politics. I mean, you know, Star Wars is going on. We've got the Ahsoka series rocking and rolling. If you want to talk a little Star Wars, we will happily do that. You want to hear about some other nerdy things? I'm all about that stuff. You want to talk music? You want to talk barbecue? You want to talk life? You want to talk about things that we can possibly really riff on just feel free to fire them in literally anything other than politics i can generally riff on um oh and by the way spoiler alert you were just talking about you know the hoodies because eventually it's it's not going to be hot spoiler alert i brought max crawford on i did not sit there for 30 minutes and yell at him about the weather it's not max's fault no he just reports it y'all he he can't control it (laughs) it's it's i tell you what man born and raised in texas it is it's been a heater this summer I hate it, man. I, I, the, we had that little bit of rain. And that was so nice. Well, we have, worst, we have a chance today. Worst worst part is, is I've seen some forecasts that it's going to be <clears throat> going to be like a really wet winter. So, like my hell is cold and wet. <laughs> so, like I'm I'm slugging through this summer like everybody else is doing. You know, like I. This is one of those like before COVID. If you wish you could have bought like stock in uh, you know face mask companies, mm-hmm. you know, this is a kind of summer where I wish I'd bought a ton of stock in like Degree and Old Spice because everybody's hot, miserable, and sweating. Like exactly. I can't imagine the sales are off the, just completely off the charts because everybody's miserable and nobody wants to stink. Yeah, so, exactly. But then it's going to get cold and wet, and that's it. You'll see me on this little window. If you're on YouTube, you can see me in this one. You'll see me in this. You won't see me out there. <laughs> So I'll tell you oh, this cold and wet. And you yeah. know what? And, and you know me, I'm almost exact opposite. I will take cold and wet at this point, especially over a hundred plus with humidity no, see, every day. You, you know, you're already acclimated though. Cause the other day uh, it was like <laughs> 79, 81 degrees in the morning and everybody mm. walked out and they were like, like, <laughs> like it's 80 degrees people. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, man, I need to put my slippers on. Yeah. <laughs> that's so all right funny. man yeah let's wrap this up but i appreciate everybody out there uh watching and you know share it with your friends share it with people you don't like if, if you don't like us share it with people you don't like oh um, yeah all day know, if, if it upsets you then upset them, and maybe that'll be the positivity in your day i don't know yeah but um but yeah if you check if you check it out sean Aker, it's, it's a really cool speech it's, it's really interesting what he's kind of put together with his wife um 
but uh man i'm just happy to be back but it's good good to see you good good to be here talking nonsense about things yeah absolutely and we uh once again be sure to check us out on all those socials if you need to go yeah, check them out lot. again just just rewind it go back a little bit and give us a little plug uh we appreciate it guys thank you so much once again this is the red ass podcast thank you so much for joining in beat the hell out of miami and let's go out there and have a great week y'all take care Jacob. Jacob.